0: Now the science is growing and developing faster than industry can keep up and so uh, yeah I have gone down that rabbit hole and it's fascinating there's some uh, mycelium rabbit holes there's uh, biochar and graphene rabbit holes uh, you know it It's one of those things that, as it's gonna make its way into the marketplace, we have to crawl, then walk, then run, and then talk about the Olympics. Now, the Olympics are just exciting, and so everybody's Olympics, Olympics, Olympics.
1: Hey guys, it's Mandy with Global Hump Association. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about the opportunity to build a relationship and connect this supply chain. I mean, after all, that's why we started the association. Our association was built on the foundation of connecting supply chain, building relationships, and helping you grow your business. Anyone from farmers, manufacturers, and distributors, people that are passionate about the supply chain, and those creating products selling into biofuels, plastics, textiles, construction, and building materials. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm glad to be back. I haven't been on here for a little while, so I'm really excited to see everybody. I hope that as you log on, please let us know that you're here. Say hello. Ray's a rock star and has a ton of information to share, so please drop questions. You can pay me for that later, Ray. I saw you <laughs> smile. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you very much for joining. If you haven't tuned in before, please make sure that you hit the little bell at the top on LinkedIn to remind yourself about these events that are coming up and for future. Um, i guess uh presentations or future interviews that we're going to host make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel because ray and i were just talking there's a lot of content on there and i'd love for you guys to be able to view it and go back and watch it later on but without further ado ray tell me a little bit about yourself let's introduce you and what do you have going on and what brought you into this industry
0: yeah thanks and if anybody's a rock star it's you so i sure appreciate you having me on and i i enjoyed the opportunity collaborate and share the story because sharing the story about uh, the industry and it's many different uses is is the most important thing. And so all of the content that gets pushed out there can be found in that body of knowledge by whoever is looking for whatever niche within a niche that they're looking for. And ours is the building and construction. And so uh, a little bit about me and how I got into that is that my background is a real estate broker and investor. And so I'm more of the, you know, the mentality of uh, uh, not so much buy and sell real estate, but buy and hold it as long-term investment. And so that uh, led me to always be researching what would last longer, what would perform better, and, then, um, and do these. And now I, in a previous lifetime, I uh, owned and ran a uh, regional recycling facility. So if somebody would cut down a tree or trim a tree, we would grind it up, make mulch, compost, things like that. And so I always enjoyed that part of the industry and uh, if there's a pile of anything anywhere, I want to know what it is. And so, you know, these large feedstocks, you know, like if you're driving around, uh, you know, different areas like say for around Houston and and they've got all the rice fields there, there's a mountain of rice holes. Uh, I've dealt in rice holes and things like that. So um, I've always enjoyed following different industries and what they do and how they connect and their, their waste streams and how you can produce out of those. And then um, when I saw the farm bill in 2018 come down the pike, I knew that was a big deal. Uh, I didn't know what would come out of it, uh, but I knew it was a big deal. And then, uh, you know, it's like we just discovered trees. And so, you know, what, what can you do with a tree? And so then I started, you know, like everybody else on YouTube, looking at things, it's like, oh, wow, there's building materials. And then and it's like, oh, wow, there's a, the, you know, it, it, it doesn't burn and, you know, it, it, all these other things. And so, you know, further down the rabbit hole, like go, and then it's like, you know, this would be great for the houses that I'm building for investments because it lasts longer. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a healthy environment. You know, a lot. we're building for affordable homes. And so, a lot of times, if somebody's renting a a, a property, uh, they get what's bandaged together uh, to where it just holds up enough to collect rent. And sometimes that's full of mold. And so, this would be something that's a real healthy environment, and uh, and I really like that. And then I like that it would be uh, long lasting, uh, and uh, you know, as far as like holding it. And then uh, just, you know, uh, the plaster uh, on the exterior surfaces, you know, not needing paint and then lasting, you know, uh, the foreseeable future is something that's very appealing. And so, uh, so that led me into to the space. Now, <clears throat> if anybody comes this far down the rabbit hole and they say, yes, I want that, now it's a pain in the neck. And so, you know, getting it uh, to where, you know, hey, I want it on a construction site. What would that look like? What would that take? Uh, Not just a one-off, you know, a she shed or a grand home, but if it's, if we've really got to drill the numbers, then that's what it took. And so, uh, so I've explored that. uh, And then, I'm, you know, I've got a project permitted here in San Antonio uh, that we're going to be building starting over the next few weeks. And then uh, we'll be doing that. And so, but it's still a pain in the neck at best. And so that led me to, uh, parallel the investment focus, uh, with the fund that we have, the triple P fund. And that's more just a math equation. That's a dollar, uh, earning a dollar. And then, uh, now the hemp build network is what, uh, we put together to facilitate building with hemp. So my mantra is the money's in the money. Building a house with hemp is just something for money to do uh, and the network makes it possible. So that's me. Um, uh, I'm from Texas. I live in Virginia. Uh, I've got four kids and a wife and, uh, and love, uh, just innovating and being an entrepreneur and all the things that, uh, make things fun and challenging are, uh, sometimes fun. We were talking about, uh, you know, there are some days where it's like, golly, um, uh, what else can we do? Uh, but uh, but then you get a breakthrough, and it's all fun in uh, in doing that, so uh, that's me. Uh,
1: okay. I've seen a lot of people chime in, Hi, Joanne, and hi, Kayla. Kayla just chimed in backstage, so maybe if she wants to jump on later, we'll, I'd love to introduce her and say hello as well. But okay, so I want to hear a little bit about this project in Antonio in San Antonio. Tell me a little bit what is it? How's it going? Yeah, what are the challenges? Hi.
0: Yeah, and uh, Amos Lozano is the, uh, um, he's rebranding the famous Amos to the famous juice company. And uh, yeah. an excellent young entrepreneur. He's very exciting, very driven. Uh, he motivates me. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, how would Amos do this? You know, hes he's got a lot of energy, a lot of drive. It's uh, very professional. And uh, he's got a couple of different businesses. And so uh, the one, the famous juice company is... Uh, he's going to be having different locations to where uh, you can have that healthy uh, juice alternative or, uh, you know, whatever they're offering on their menu, it's, it's very healthy and I've tried some of it, it's great, um, but um, having it built utilizing hemp is one of the things that really goes with his brand and his story. And so it's not so much about, uh, yes, he wants a quality construction project, but yes, he wants a good branding story as well. And he wants to advocate. He's a, he's a whole plant advocate. And, uh, and so, you know, that's one of the things that it's very important to him is to be able to say, this is him. And so he's got a lot of good, uh, media that's out there talking about that and on that topic. And he's, uh, you know, the first one in the area thats uh, he's got the bravery that includes a pin on a check. And so he's paying for the, uh, the small portable building. Now, we didn't have to jump through, because of its size. We didn't have to jump through the hoops of, uh, you know, building permits and things like that. But it allowed me to open the door and uh, and get that process going to where uh, the house that we're building uh, is a fully permitted structure. And so, you know, it, 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 it allowed the time to get that going. And so that's Amos. Uh, that's the project we're, uh, we're finished. Uh, it's uh, just February now, uh, 2022. And we've just finished casting the hemp in place. And so now it'll take uh, several weeks to cure. And so uh, towards the end of February, beginning of March, uh, we'll be uh, putting the plaster coating, which is the uh, interior and exterior sheathing. And so uh, it has to cure and dry. And so, uh, you know, everything's underway and exciting. And he's in a, a courtyard area where they normally have, like, the food trucks, you know, the taco truck, the food trailer. Uh, and then uh, his is going to be a portable building on skids. And so that's a prototype. And then uh, we're looking at other projects uh, up and down the, the 35 corridor and then out towards Houston as well. He's just going to start in San Antonio and work out. And uh, that's that project. We've had a lot of excitement around it. And then I just put out the old Tom Sawyer painting the fence type of mentality and say, hey, if you want to come uh, learn, uh, then, you know, it's very humbling. There's a lot of excitement in the industry. I have people flying in uh, to to work and I'm like, man, I'm Tom Sawyer on steroids. And then it was (laughs) like... there, there's a passion in the, it, yeah, it's more credit to the passion in the industry than it is to my Tom Sawyering ability. Uh, but, um, it, you know, it, it, there's an excitement out there. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of people uh, that are, uh, you know, both in the professional trades, like engineers and architects, uh, and then folks that want to become subcontractors and stuff like that as well. There's a lot of excitement.
1: Okay, so are you finding that the majority of the pull for the growth or push for the growth of the hempcrete is coming from that consumer looking for a story?
0: Um, it's, it's yes to all. Anybody who hears the story, and you got to tailor the story to them. Like if you're talking to uh, the end consumer, you're going to talk about this is a healthy home. It felt, you know it, it, you've got a clean uh, living environment. Uh, there's not going to be mold. It's, you know, if, if you're talking to a, uh, you know, like, like my background, I liked it, that it was long lasting and efficient because I plan on having, uh, a solar component to, uh, the houses. And then I can monetize that through a more efficient home. So efficiency is money in my pocket every month. And so, uh, now like if I'm going to be occupying it, health does. So if you tailor the story to the audience, everybody clicks, yes. And everybody. Well, and that's
1: what's exciting. Hemp hits yep. all of those, right? It's sustainable, yeah. it's economical, it's yeah, regenerative, it's all of these new pieces that previously haven't been in one product. <laughs> it's either sustainable or profitable, and now it seems to be both.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you one thing that's really exciting is it, that when you show the construction capabilities and then you go all the way, I know you deal a lot with the, the farming and the genetics side of it as well. But if you talk to somebody who's a a leader in a local municipality or a, a state and local government, and then you say, demand from this will equal, you know, a new industry, you know, and that abandoned warehouse building over there could be the processing facility. And then you've got a farm community that can put this into a rotation. And so it's, it's jobs, it's economic growth, and they're like, give me more of that. And so, it, like I said, you, you've really got to tailor the story to the ears that are hearing it. And then everybody who hears it, you know, the, the, they're clicking, yes, uh, give me more. And so that's what's really exciting because I'm getting invited on, you know, a lot of different programs like this, uh, going to speak, you know, the, the next one to three years telling the story is the biggest uh, task. And so you do a great job at that.
1: Well, thanks. I'm excited to have you on. There's lots of comments coming in and I've got all kinds of questions as you went over some of your stuff that you're doing, but uh, Raphael made a comment right here. This is great work that you're doing with hemp. His company will love to collaborate in, to bring natural-based solutions and incorporate hempcrete into design. His company works with sustainable construction, Construction. so biotonomy.com. So yeah, absolutely. It's a great well, and let me ask you this, right? Um, there's been a lot of question in the scalability of hempcrete and scalability of being able to use hemp, right? What mm-hmm. are some of the questions, and I want to kind of preface this, that you're working on a smaller design home, but ultimately the goal is to be in single, single what, family homes? Tell tell me where you're planning to be compared to what you're actually doing, and then what does that look like for growth and and development for scale?
0: Yeah, everything comes under the umbrella of what I name and title a pathway to production. And so the uh, we don't get as you know by by we I mean mankind. You know, in occupying yeah. this space on Earth, uh, we don't get the the you know the environmental benefit. Uh, you know, the the ecological and economical, uh, we don't get all that unless we scale to production. And then that can mean a variety of different things. You know, that'll be textiles, that'll be uh, a lot of different industries like the automotive industry using it for panels and plastics and uh, different things like that. Uh, But the construction side specifically, we don't get all that uh, good carbon sequestration love that we want unless we're using the production builders. Now um that has to be the end in mind. And so what we have to do is do the small part now, starting with, you know, uh a building the size of Amos's and then a building the size of the single family house that I'm building. And then I'll be building many of those. And then, you know, each and every building we're gonna be like, Well, hey, I'm not gonna do it this way again, or I'm gonna do you know, innovation is gonna come and pour to where Uh, every, every pain in the neck that you encounter, every headache has an Advil. And so, uh, so that's one of the things that, uh, repetition will do it. I see a lot of these projects where, uh, they're very big and grand and they can just absorb a lot of cost and a lot of effort. Um, I want projects that cannot, uh, have those tolerances. And so I have that tolerance now, but I'm building it so that I don't. And so, because my gut is that it's not only gonna win, uh, but it's gonna win by a a margin. Uh, And, you know, like right now, just to tie or come close is a win because people are gonna want it more. And then, uh, you know, going into real estate development and production builders, uh, if this were a Disney movie, they're the villain usually. And (laughs) so we're gonna have to, you know, have, Darth Vader come back to be Anakin Skywalker, and uh, and then that's going to take you know uh, a, a turn. And so uh, what I know about real estate development is the developer dictates the development, and then they're in the pro- uh, they're in the business of uh, selling a product, and then uh, they're going to sell whatever product they think the market wants. And so if the market, if you if you go to a developer and you say, hey, I've got a hundred thousand uh names that have clicked that say they want this um at uh the comparative price or even a 10 percent premium in this market area and they're going to buy within the next one to three years now you've got their attention if you don't have that you don't and then so they're you know if they think the market wants uh you know swimming pool and tennis courts that's what they're going to get if they think the market wants a community garden and sustainable building practices that's what they're going to put they're going to give the market what the market wants. They're just a business. It's nothing personal.
1: Okay. So I want to go back to some questions really quick before we dive back in. But this is really interesting being that I'm now in the gutter business. I want to make a comment that this is exactly why we're doing this type of education is to bridge this gap from those that are not in our industry and working with hemp and the value. And so I want to give a shout out. I don't know who this is because it shows up as Facebook user, but thank you very much for joining us. You speak of mold and the big and that is a big issue in our climate up in Washington state. We need to come and clean out gutters every year. And so can you speak real quick to the mold specific and what we're seeing in the the benefits to the hemp Cree and to using hemp in building materials?
0: Yeah, and then, you know, and I've uh, worked with gutters quite a bit in the past and I've seen a lot of failure um, due to, you know, typical, um, you know, deferred maintenance, you know, like if they they need to clean it every year and they don't, Um, or if you've got like two converging uh, fields on a roof, and, you know, it looks beautiful from the curb, but you created a funnel and that's a lot to ask out of a gutter. So there's a lot of design problems that ask too much uh, out of a gutter system. And so that, you know, those are some of the problems. Now, uh, the real rock star in why this is mold. Uh, and I don't say proof, but it's highly mold resistant. And, you know, I double dog dare you to get mold to grow on it. You would have to add dust to it uh, to, to have an organic matter there. but um the lime and it's uh you know it's ph is what keeps mold from growing on it and so if you've got in in environments like you know i've talked to a lot of folks down in louisiana where they do have flooding uh they do have like you know moisture moisture, old testament humidity you know and it's uh it's oppressive and so uh you know if you've got that kind of humidity and then you can have a wall system that uh, dissipates it uh, without molding then uh, then that's a good thing and so um but to answer the question you know a lot of those things are designed uh, but as far as it relates to hempcrete specifically it's the lime uh, and its ph
1: awesome thank you for touching on that because that's a question that comes up a lot and understanding where the benefit is in what product because we see mold grow in our redded stocks right if we're not careful and so that's definitely mm-hmm. a- yeah 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 yeah. Um, okay. So another question. And for those of you that missed Josh's interview last week, it was incredible. We've had tons of outreach and tons of feedback. So if you haven't seen it, log on to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can also see this recording again. But how thick are you making these walls? And are you using two by six framing or double framed?
0: Um, there's a lot of different techniques and styles to do it. And then what I have chosen is a ten-inch wall where I encapsulate the two-by-four studs, and so um, you now you can have like a, a, a double-frame wall. Um, you know, you can just imagine the expense of that. You can have it where you alternate and stagger the studs to where you know every other stud is on the inside and every other stud is on the outside. Uh, it depends on your uh, your installation method uh, of it all, and so. Um, What I've done is uh, designed it to where it can be either cast in place or mechanically applied with a spray machine, and it doesn't, uh, and it's not detrimental to either way as far as production goes. Uh, Because the mechanical applications are still coming online, Um, I think there are a lot of them that are good, Um, but, uh, you know, I like encapsulating that stud. And it's either, you know, two by six or two by four. Uh, and I run chases for electric and plumbing instead of encapsulating it in the imp creek myself. Now, those are just preferences. Um, and again, my viewpoint is uh, that of somebody who's gonna own this thing for a long time. I want my grandkids to be getting rent checks out of these houses. And I wanna provide a good, healthy uh, and good environment for folks to live. And so um, the, uh, the thickness uh, I've got at uh, a at 10 inch. Now that's in San Antonio. That, that'll get you R2 per inch. And then, uh, so an R20 wall is good. Um, once you go over a foot thick, uh, you're, you've got a diminishing benefit, uh, to it all, and I've got it thicker in the attics.
1: Okay. That's, that's good to know. When you talk about the R factor, can you explain kind of what you're looking at comparatively in the industry? You know, what is for insulative factor, what is, what is standard and comparative
0: well, the main thing as far as like, depending on the material and the size and the windows, they're going to do, uh, you know, something similar to like a res check <clears throat> to where a, uh, you know, the, the folks that design the, the HVAC system are going to mm-hmm. look at, you know, how many windows do you have, what type of floor area, you know, they're, they're going to design it specifically for that. And then they're going to want to see these certain specifications in uh, the wall. And then, uh, they're used to dealing with something that's got an R designation and an R value, whether it's, uh, fiberglass insulation, uh, you know, uh, blown cellulose or, uh, spray foam or any of the products that are standard in the, you know, and now hemp oil is coming in, uh, as well. And so it just needs to have an R value and to establish that R value, you need to just have a test and have that testing done to where you can say, Hey this laboratory says it's an r2 per inch not me and then there's also a lot that's been done in europe with the u values Uh, a lot that's been done in the technology of the straw bale construction to where you can extrapolate uh, those u values uh, those european uh, data sets into an r value and then you also get better performance out of that uh Normally most insulation, the R value that it, uh, that you have, it performs less than that. Um, and then hempcrete is one of those things that it performed, performs much higher, uh, because you have a couple of other things working in its advantage. Uh, and then, uh, primarily it's the monolithic nature of it all. You have no air air pathways through the, the electrical uh, boxes that go into the wall cavity and out the window. And so uh, when you take that, uh, it's kind of like the difference if you're going outside and it's cold and you've got on, uh, you know, a nice powder jacket or you've got on a really nice sweater. You can have the nicest sweater in the world, but if the wind's blowing, you're cold. Uh, And you can have a cheap powder jacket and if the wind's blowing, you're going like, I'm okay. And so it's very much similar to that
1: great analogy. Um, I'm suspecting this is Jean, but I'm not positive. I see a LinkedIn user in here and commenting to the concern about the structural benefits and um, some of the design aspects and systems. And speaking to some of the designs have been really beautiful, mostly in modern or contemporary side, but some hemp also appears in the Spanish mission st- style. The Europeans have done some interesting designs as well. Um, this is something that comes up, you know, as we're speaking to the general public about what to it expect with hemp. And I've been so taken back when I saw Jean's presentation in Costa Rica about the pictures and some of the designs mm-hmm. that have already been years ago. And so can you speak a little bit to what you're seeing from builders um, that are using the hemp crate?
0: Well, the, the joke about me is that I'm out to make it boring first, <laughs> and then we can get exciting. Because if you talk to an architect or somebody in the design, it's like, you don't have to have a flat wall they're like oh. it's like you just <laughs> did them play-doh for the first time you know and, and so they're, they're just going crazy and everything it's like whoa 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 i want to make it boring first and so you you are not limited by flat walls flat roofs i know sergey's got some I mean, he's got the dome construction down um uh, you know, he does that quite a bit and, and, you know, he is getting efficient, Uh, he's got efficiencies because he does a lot of them, but um, going back to that pathway to production, the market's not ready for that. There are so many thousands of homes that are gonna be built this year that are not gonna have curved walls and, you know, cantilevered this, that, and the other. It's, you know, a pathway to production. Now, yes, it is grand fun uh, to have all these design components in there. But just going back and heeding my warning about, uh, you know, if it looks good from the curb, it's got to function well and then uh, never sacrifice function. And that's a, that's a battle that architects and designer face. Uh, and, you know, and then that's part of the conversation. And so um, as those elements go into, you know, custom home will be different than a production home.
1: Definitely, but definitely possible. You know, I think it speaks to, I mean, you can pretty much do and build whatever you want with it. It's just what we're looking at for pathway to market. I I totally understand that. Um, Josh just said he'd love to collaborate and connect about his company's mycelium-based composites that uses hemp herds as a disposition phase.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, you can get overwhelmed with, technology and the science you know the science is growing and developing faster than industry can keep up and so uh yeah i have gone down that rabbit hole and it's fascinating there's some uh mycelium rabbit holes there's uh biochar and graphene rabbit holes uh you know it it, it's one of those things that as it's going to make its way into the marketplace we have to crawl then walk then run, and then talk about the Olympics. Now the Olympics are just exciting. And so everybody's Olympics, Olympics, Olympics. And then uh, we got to crawl first. And so, um, and, and then it's, uh, again, back to the, does this uh, get us to a pathway to production? There's some fantastic things about 3D printing uh, that you know I I know that are probably better than what I'm doing right now, but are they gonna replace what I'm doing right now? I don't think so. And so I'm going to do what I might not be Mr. Right, but I'm Mr. Right now and then until it's until it shows production wise other because I tell you what, if you try to get trades to do something new, good luck. Um, (laughs) I'm creating trades uh, to do this and, you know, I'm I'm hell bent and that stubborn to say, I'll create the damn trade to do this type of project because I want the project that bad. Uh, just because I think long term, it'll be that good. And so, um, you know, no other builders, you know, bu- you know, if you if you went to a builder and said, hey, nobody does this, um, but I want you to do it. And they'd be like, well, what else do you want? And so, uh, you know, it's, it's not a viable option. You know, there's, there's probably a handful of subcontractors in the country uh, that do this. And so that's one of the things that that I would like to do as far as uh, prototyping uh, the subcontractor, and it will probably be uh, something in addition to another trade that they do uh, to where it's not just, you know, the only thing. Um, A lot of uh, spray foam contractors will also insulate your house with blown cellulose or whatever you wanna pick from the design. And so, um, you know, uh, that that will mature to where now that instead of having Um, bats, uh, blown cellulose, spray foam. Now you'll have Hempcrete as an option uh, in their services. And then you might have Hempcrete with mycelium as an option. And so uh, once we get the subcontractors that are coming on and servicing, and then the new technology layers in, it's got a network to spread out just like mycelium do.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing. And of course, this is uh, not my background at all. So I can't speak to one or the other, but there's incredible new innovative products all the time. And I was going to ask you earlier, maybe now's a good time, but what are some of the uh reservations? You mentioned one right now, you know, asking trades to change what they're doing is a slow, long process. So what what are some other challenges that you've seen that we have either maybe not touched on very much or even potentially overcome um, yeah as you're as you're bringing this to market
0: well, um, going back to what we talked about that a lot of the folks that contact me that want to be in the trade they're like, "Hey, I want to do this um, they're not so much uh, somebody who uh, swings a hammer and wants to now do a different trade. Um, it's something that where they're in a trade or they're in a career and then they want to pursue this because of it stirs a passion. Uh, I'll give a good example. Uh, you know, uh, Andrew, that was, uh, he came down, you know, he's hardworking guy. He comes from a hardworking field. Uh, his job was to clean up the waste from the construction job sites. Uh, you know, he had a couple of trucks. You know, they were running. You know, he just saw the mountain of uh, material that goes into the landfill and all the waste, uh, not only in the construction but also in the the use and just the inefficiency of it. You know, uh, that is his passion, and he is you know going to be a fantastic uh, you know prototype for somebody who is uh, that tradesperson that's going to come in there. And then they're going to drive it, uh, and they're going to drive through the things that are a pain in the neck because they're passionate about it. And so that's just a good example. And it'll be other things, whether it's uh, uh, I see some of the, the key points are health, um, reducing waste, uh, sequestering carbon. Uh, it, it might be different for for a lot of folks. It checks a lot of check boxes.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Well, I want to give a shout out to some of the other things that you have going. You're on Clubhouse every Thursday evening. I want to talk a little bit about where people find you and what you're doing there and what's come of that.
0: That is humbling. Um, you know, it, uh, Amos actually uh, told me about Clubhouse uh, and then it took me, a, it was first coming out. It was invite only, iPhone only. And then, mm-hmm. and I was like, Amos, that's the cheesiest sounding thing that i <laughs> Uh, you know it took me it it took me like two or three months for him to actually just like "Great, you just got to do it if i'm wrong or whatever and so i i set up my account dah, 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 dah. and then you know uh, there's a lot of noise on clubhouse um but there's a lot of really good professional business conversations And so that's the the route that we we take and then we're on every thursday 6 central and then um you know if anybody wants to get the reminder just uh text me and let me know and then i send out the text reminders um, and then, then now they have the replays. So just like with your broadcast, you know, people can catch the replay if they can't tune in live. And then uh, it has been fantastic. We go for about an hour or two uh, and then we want to be real wise on people's time. And then we're talking about everything about industrial hemp and building and construction. And that goes all the way from genetics and soil sciences, uh, all the way through design and uh, construction techniques and method, lime binder. Uh, we took a deep dive on Lime Binder a week ago, and it was just like uh, like you were back in school. Uh, and so, um, you know, we have guests on there that we put them in the hot seat, and you know, uh, let people tell about projects that they're doing. It's a great way to collaborate, and then uh, it's a great way to just uh, you know have a good body of knowledge that's growing and building. And so, yeah, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you joining in there. It's a it's a fun time. It's been humbling. A, a, a lot of a lot of good has come out of that.
1: I've I've had so many great connections come out of it, and it's always it's it's fun being on this side and or on the other side and joining in and listening to you guys. You and Jean do a great job, Sandra. I see is on there quite a bit also, and so it's yeah. great to have you guys. Yeah, lots of lots of good stuff. Okay, yeah, so outside of class, they
0: they encourage you to talk in class. They've even got a little uh, thing that where you can send notes. It's like where was that when I was a kid? It's like you know you know, so-and-so's talking and so-and-so's talking and then so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so's talking. And about, I want to talk more to that person who just said something about whatever. And then, you know, you don't want to butt in so you can go psst, psst, and you can hit, send them a note and all that. And then, you know, then you're like, you know, getting on an airplane to go see somebody, you know, it, it's, it's all, uh, talking in class is fun. I uh, I miss that from when I was a kid. That should have been there.
1: I need to get on more. You guys are pros <laughs> house and I'm not. So I definitely, in fact, I think I somehow invited you to a private room or someone else to a private room on accident. And I was like, no, get out. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to pull people well, in and out.
0: Well yeah. Well, well I've done that a handful of times and you know and and you know I'm I'm hosting the damn thing and it's kind of- <laughs> I need to go back. That's why you need to have several moderators. So if, if somebody does mm-hmm. something boneheaded or you lose your signal, the the whole uh, the whole room doesn't die. And and so yeah, and the the app is always changing. So I mean, it, it's a it's a really good thing. It's really good format. It's it's fun. And and so I've enjoyed it.
1: It's, well, it's a great platform for people to get involved. If you need help or you're looking for a connection, holler at Ray or I or Gene, and we'll definitely, I'll send it over or definitely connect you to Ray. Um, I want to give a shout out too to all of our members. For those of you that join and support GHA, thank you very, very much. It's what helps us keep going. So please get involved. And then also we're doing a bunch of seed trials this year that we're pretty excited about um, over 10 different states, 10 different varieties focused on the end market uses. So the reason I bring it out up is, you know, what do the the products look like or the specs of the herd or materials that you're using in construction look like? And I really think it leans to this need to understand what product is going to grow where at what volume so that we can stabilize the processing and the input markets or inputs. So.
0: Yeah, it's a very necessary part of the conversation and uh, part of the industry. And it's uh, the most unromantic thing that you can imagine as far as, um, you know, because as a builder, I I need stuff that's consistent. You know, I, I, I joke that we all need to be able to sue each other at the end of the day and show everybody that we did the best that we can. And so that means testing these things. And then you know, like for example, I'm uh, I'm talking to some uh, folks later today about you using uh, the the CBD biomass. Now I I've got low expectations on it because you know it it grows differently than a fiber variety biomass, and uh, and so I, I I don't think it'll work. But um, I do know that you can test it, and then you know if it tests, then it'll it'll you know we'll try it. Um, but I, I, know what works and I want to stick with that first and then test the rest and the, I want to test the first part too. And so, uh, you know, domestically it is now available, uh, domestically in the U S where, you know, previously you were importing from France or just, you know, rolling the dice with what you had. And so genetics plays a big part in that. So I'm keen on, uh, you know, what genetics are being grown by which farmers and producers and actually being a part of the processing. And then, you know, that's part of the construction industry that, uh, you know, those two things don't connect. I mean, could you imagine a builder wanting to go out to the forestry guy and talk about the trees and the saplings? Um, You know, there's a- Or the
1: farmer listening (laughs) or the farmer looking at the construction guy and say, wait, you're telling me how to Harvest my crop,
0: that's oh yeah, who the hell are you yeah and and so it it's like uh what the testing does, it's like a third party that doesn't have a dog in the hunt, and then uh you know that away it, it takes everything off of me uh so that I can say, look, I tested it at this third party lab, and then it, it was like, okay, and then you know the the farmer you know or the producer, and you know a lot of that time it'll be the the farmer and processor, or it'll just be the processor or or broker or wherever you're buying supplies from. You know, it'll, it'll be nice when it's just the same as buying it from the lo- local lumber yard. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, the Home Depotification of it all uh, to where you can just pick up the phone and they're delivering stuff and you're complaining because it's the afternoon instead of the morning. But um, all of that stuff will need to be tested. Now, the stuff that comes out of France, uh, they do have that certification that's on it that they've tested it to a certain criteria And then, uh, you know, we're working to develop the United States version of that and just taking a flag in the ground and saying, this is what we want. And that's going to be real necessary, uh, for when people do projects that they have successful projects because bad stories, uh, travel a lot faster, uh, than a good story. And so the, the testing is super key. And then knowing the, uh, the genetics is super key as well. Um, because some, if you're growing for. Uh, for fiber and your stalks were like tree trunks, uh, that might shatter. Uh, You need to test for that. You you need to know. And it might might dust up when it's in transport. You know, uh, those are all those things.
1: Dust is a huge thing I hear a lot about. And I can't remember who it was. I think it was part of the Formation Ag Group. Um, Maybe even Melissa shared it. But it was a great representation of herd that was decorticated coming from or fiber stock it was a stock decorticated from a cannabis grow or a, a CBD stock compared mm-hmm. to a fiber stock and it was showing how those nodes were holding on to pieces of the herd and not actually separating completely yeah. and yeah. so it's interesting to see as this progresses and technology progresses and our equipment you know advances where those stocks are processed into those end and use applications and so, yeah, there's a lot of recovery. To-
0: yeah. And all, all the different varieties are going to ha- find their niche. They're going to find their lane, whether it's, you know, for for building, you know, the herd, or for its animal oh, bed, yeah. or if it's lost circulation mud, or whatever, the, or plastics, or whatever the case is, uh, they're going to find their niche uh, and their, their strongest and best suit. And so, yeah, but it is a caution, you know, people are watching this and they want to just go get a bag of herd. Uh, you got to know that, you know, you got to know what's in there or your walls are going to fall in. And so, uh, you know, that's important.
1: Well, it, and understanding that the standard or specs around that herd, when you mentioned dust, that's critical when you're building wall and the structural piece or the, I don't even know if structure is the right word, structural is the right word, but the consistency of the wall so that it maintains its
0: yeah, it's, it's not load-bearing, but it is rigid. Right. It has to be rigid to hold the, the plaster and all of that. And then it has to stay in place and not fall in. And then, uh, you know, one of the other things is, you know, how is it packaged? Because it could be dust-free at the processing facility. You stick it loosely in a, a bag, stick it on a tractor trailer, drive 800 miles, and then now it's jostled it up, and now it is dusty. Uh, or things have settled. And so, you know, compression bales, super sacks, this, that, and the other. Uh, there, there's a lot of vari- variables and puzzle pieces. And as people build with it and they know uh, standards, then uh, it'll just be like buying a two by four. And so that's where we really want to get uh, to where people know uh, what the standard is, know what to look for, and then they can see that certification and, uh, and go on their way.
1: Sure. You, you mentioned earlier the your hemp builders network. Did, mm-hmm. Am I saying Right? Can you speak a little bit about some of the what's your role and what are some of the things you guys are focusing on to really advance the projects and, and involvement?
0: Yeah, and it's it's a lot like uh, the the connection of you know the largest taxi service uh, in the world is Uber and they don't own a taxi. Um, you know, I'm not out to be a builder for everybody. I'm a builder for myself, and I don't even like doing that. Um, you <laughs> Uh, I I do enjoy the process and all that, but um, the thing to know is that if anybody wants to join the network, um, you know, as an architect, as an engineer, as a subcontractor, as a supplier, they can come to the network and then join, and then the network can have uh, customers that would go to them and then know that, um, you know, that builder has had a conversation with us and there's certain level of basics. And then, um, and I'll talk about the first three, as far as the, um, the builder, the architect and the engineer. Uh, like I said, building with hemp is a pain in the neck at best right now, but there are things that you can do specifically to overcome those difficulties and those challenges. And so um, a builder doesn't need to know a whole new industry or way of doing things. They need to know a few basic things and they, know, they need to know where the headaches are going to be, and they're going to have the Advil on the shelf for that day. you got to plan a little bit further ahead. you got to know your different design. You know, sometimes you order and sequence things a little bit different, but it's not, um, it's not the end of the world, uh, but, uh, but some of those basic things can really disrupt the apple cart. And if you know those basic things, uh, if you know those basic things, then, uh, then you can accommodate for them same with architecture design same with uh, engineering you don't need to relearn your whole profession you just need to know a few small things within that profession and then you can service any customer who wants that so the worst thing that could happen if uh, if a customer wants it whether it's for health whether it's the environmental benefit you know they want to play a part they want this type of structure and then they sit down with an architect and you go guys, this is really a pain in the neck. You know, y'all could just do spray foam and get the same kind of R value. And it's like, well, they've negated their their conversation and why they're there in the first place. And so we want to have a network that uh, people can go, people can sit down. This is local. Um, you know, uh, I'm, you know, the active builder on some right now, but I'm more in the the investment business. And so uh, I'm doing things to where I can prototype those types of scenarios and relationships. And, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm still young enough to do it, but old enough to not want to. And so uh, <laughs> especially when it's cold outside and and, and my fingers hurt, I'll, I'm, not afraid, <laughs> I'm not afraid to be uh, to be a baby on things, but um, also not afraid to work hard on things. It It, it is fun.
1: That's awesome. Okay, so you mentioned your fund. I want to talk a little bit more about your fund. Can mm-hmm. you dive into a little
0: bit about how, what,
1: yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit more detail, how it's working.
0: Yeah, and uh Triple P fund is uh, the first of several funds, and then it's just, uh, the, the cliche is, you know, the money's in the money. Uh, doing whatever it is you fill in the blank with, it's just something for money to do. And so if you, uh, I'm in the business of cultivating uh, opportunities and scenarios where a profitable math equation is achieved, and then I sell the math equation. And then so if if it's processing, if it's uh, building, uh, then those are some of those things. You just create the math equation and sell the math equation. People want a profitable math equation, and they want it backed up with collateral. They want it backed up with data. Money likes boredom you know, excite money that likes exciting stuff. Watch out. We've seen those movies when they go to Las Vegas. And so what what you need is, uh, you know, those things that are there. And so our our saying on there is investing with purpose, on purpose. And so what it does is it empowers investors uh, to make an investment and deploy their capital uh, to something that uh, stewards natural resources, uh, benefits people, and then, and creates a profit. Those are the three P's, people, profit, and planet. And then if you do just a little bit uh, in the planning phase and the creative phase of, you know, what are we going to do to to be profitable, uh, you can accomplish a lot. Uh, You know, and and I see that very clearly in the design of a house. Uh, If you're designing it for a specific purpose, uh, you can do a lot more in that phase than a retrofit. And so that's one of the reasons we're building new as well. I know there's a lot of opportunity to retrofit houses, um, uh, but we're building new because we can incorporate that design as well. And so uh, the fund is, and it'll be able to do that and, then, um, and have those different scenarios. And so uh, right now we're focused on building houses, which allows people to invest in the hemp industry by investing in real estate. And then, so real estate gives it that stability of something to where uh, it's not intellectual property, it's not research and development, it's not venture capital type of stuff. This is more your grandmother's investment. And so, uh, but you're still investing, you're sequestering carbon, you're doing things, and you know, uh, that uh, tick the altruistic boxes that people wanna check, uh, but it gives us more stability. Now, if it's a different fund uh, that has more things that are, different in their risk, then we'll, we'll craft that and create that for such. And then we would, you know, make that selective and specific. So that's what Triple P fund does. It's a family of funds, uh, and then it's, uh, cultivating an opportunity. Uh, many of them are in opportunity zones that we're targeting, uh, so that we can take, uh, some of these tax benefits that are out there that enable people to, uh, have that long-term legacy wealth. Uh, that uh, doesn't have that huge tax burden so that the investor can really deploy that uh, into doing the right thing instead of it going to the government and then having the government track having to come back and then do their best with it uh, it's something that where you know it can can happen that way
1: i love it i love that i've always said that money there's money in money and so when you you know explain <laughs> that's where our opportunity is because we know so often and especially I bet you hear it all the time on clubhouse and in any of the meetings that we host there are people working their guts out there are so many intuitive people right that are trying to figure out how to move this forward and make a dollar to move it forward and just keeping in mind these avenues of where money moves and speaking to the investment industries is sometimes very different than say the researcher or person that's you know creating the the product themselves.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things I like to collaborate with people about. Uh, Even if I don't uh, do any business or I'm not part of any deal or anything, I really enjoy collaborating with people about how to take their million dollar idea and monetize it. Because a lot of people is like, hey, I've got this million dollar idea. Hey, I can do these things. But it's like, well, uh, you know, you don't just go put a sign in the yard and then sell it. You know, you've got to monetize it and that might take 10 years um, but it, you know, and so uh, monetizing something is a, a different challenge than having something that's worth monetizing. Uh, so you got to get it to the marketplace.
1: Okay, so I want to give a quick shout out to a few people that are listening. I see Adams on and Christopher Jean. Thank you very much for chiming in, Chaz. Of course, gave a big shout out to Adam. Thank you guys all for joining. Raphael was on earlier. I hope that you're still there. But if you guys have any last questions before we sum this up, um, please drop them in the comment. Ray, how do people get in touch with you when we're done here?
0: Well, the two main uh, points of contact for me are on the, the two main focuses. The investment side uh, is Triple P Fund and it's just triple P Fund all spelled out dot .com. And then we've got our social media links on there as well. And then there's the Hemp Build Network. Uh, that would be more about you know uh, joining the network as a builder, an architect, an engineer, or a subcontractor or supplier. Uh, they want to join the network, uh, or if they want a consultation about a project that they're building, that's through the Hemp Build Network. And uh, and then we've got our social media links on there and it's hempbuildnetwork.com or Clubhouse any Thursday.
1: Yes, and Clubhouse any Thursday. And Clubhouse, it's not just Ray and Jean and a couple of people. They, you guys get a couple, a hundred people I've seen on there at a time listening, and so oh, it's yeah. a great way, great way to connect.
0: Yeah, there's folks from you know all over the globe that are there, and I'm like, uh, and like I said, it's very humbling. It's like people are logging in. They they set their uh, you know alarm to you know every Thursday. It, it's like, hey, this is where we come to collaborate and share ideas. And so uh, so it, it's been fun. We've got a couple guys from Australia, from Europe, from Africa, from, uh, from you name it. And then, you know, they're in a lot of different time zones. And so it's like, you know, hey, it's two in the morning. And, and so it's, uh, it's been fun. But, uh, but really, it's, uh, uh, it, it's a way to, to share those ideas and grow them. Uh, this uh, February is coming up on a year that we've done it. And it, it's one of those things to where... Uh, you can see people talk that we're talking about, talking about a project and now they're full on into a project or they're, you know, taking their, they're taking their thing to fruition, whatever that thing is. And it's kind of fun to see those things. And I've got to give on fraternal social, uh, side of it as well. It's kind of, you know, those, those are, those are my peeps.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely, which makes it even more fun when we attend events face-to-face because then you know people and building on relationships. And as much of a disconnect as everybody has felt in the beginning of moving to Zoom, I now have more connections and relationships across the world than I would have ever had without it. And now when I go face-to-face, I already have something to talk about. It's no longer an icebreaker or cold conversation or cold call. It's somebody knows somebody that's connected within our circle
0: and it's yeah, growing you have pretty to build a relationship i remember when i when i uh, met you uh, the first time i was like hey you know and it's it like you know we, we'd already known each other and it, but it was a yeah. nice to meet person and so uh so yeah and then you know likewise when when uh when folks uh you know they might have been tuning in the clubhouse for uh for months and then we get on a phone call and then it's kind of like you know hey i feel like i know you already and uh that's a, that's a huge advantage and yeah i I did not like uh, the zoomy-zoom stuff. I'm, I'm an eyeball-to-eyeball person, and, um, but it, it, it does have its advantages as far as being able to, to go down that pathway of cultivating relationships and uh, sharing ideas before you meet in person.
1: Absolutely. Okay, one last question real quick, and Danielle, great, great question. Uh, what's the biggest obstacles in scaling the industry, Ray?
0: What are your- Being ready. Being ready um and then you know right now on the small project that i had for amos and this is a great illustration of it you know i imported that from france both the binder and the herd uh and then um that is something that is now uh, both of those are available domestically and then so um now even the machinery that is used in the, the mechanical applications when we go to that route uh that was manufactured uh, out of the u.s and now it is uh, man, being manufactured in the U S and so all of those things about being ready, uh, will, uh, will drive the industry so much, uh, when it's not difficult to actually get things, um, uh, uh, on a job site. And so, uh, that'll become easier and easier as the network fills out and we have distribution hubs across the country. Uh, that'll, that'll be good. Nice. And so, uh, we'll be able to do that, but being ready is the biggest thing
1: cool well i'm going to go back to genetics and seeds obviously because that's where we're focused and where i see this big need is we bring scale and all these processors on making sure we've got a a viable source to process and so figuring out what that is
0: yeah and and, you know uh, on that note it's like it's one of those things to where something totally unrelated to the building and construction industry will drive the commodity for the building age, it's like trees. You grow a tree, and then that's what you use uh, is the lumber. Uh, it's not necessarily a byproduct. Um, the the herd uh, is a byproduct of some other fiber processes, and then you know that's the example in uh, in France where they are the ones where uh, they grow that fiber for automotive parts, and so then they have a mountain of herd. Now, herd is driving the demand in the U.S. And so, you know, I talk to producers who are like, you know, hey, we're, we're good producing herd now and then we'll backfill with the other. We thought it would be the other and then backfill with herd. Uh, but, you know, these there are two parts to the plant. And then, you know, any one industry, whether it's textile, whether it's automotive, those are the two big candidates that will, uh, uh, and there's a few others that will drive uh, that fiber side or the grain side uh, to where you have mountains of herd. And then uh, that'll let us really commoditize that um, on a on a domestic level that will be really nice. And so then uh, the readiness is uh, growing uh, very fast. And so that's very encouraging.
1: It's exciting. Okay, well, there are a few other comments that have come in, wondering if we've seen a couple of people. Let's see. Um, have you come across the New York researchers from Renesler? Polytechnic.
0: There's a yeah. There's a couple of. Uh, I I don't know if that's them specifically, but I know uh, I think his name's uh, Ralph. Is on Clubhouse quite a bit. And they're up in New York and they're doing research and development on some uh, products. And I know there's another uh, gentleman up in uh, in New York as well. I don't know if that's them. I'd be I'd be happy to 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 learn about them and, and connect.
1: Awesome, perfect, perfect. Um, and then here's another great question or comment. We have some strong partners in processing, ideally second and final processing on large scale. This is the most cutting edge, edge equipment. We hear that a lot, don't we? There's And I'm not discrediting cutting cutting edge. The mm-hmm. innovation and the speed at which it's advancing is what I'm referencing is Mm -hmm. it is constantly you know we're constantly hearing that some of france and china are using but here in the u.s we would love to discuss that those contracts as well from farms all over the u.s would be ready to go i think again this goes back to genetics you know we've got to secure genetics and understand what we're growing where and what for before we're contracting with farmers and i know that like melissa baldwin has done or melissa nelson has done an incredible job at you know, managing her relationships. Same with John down in Texas. There's a mm-hmm. number of, you know, I'm Rusty, I&E I'm, I'm wow. Hemp, there's lots. But they've done a fabulous job at managing their relationships with farmers and securing their their offtake agreements and, you know, following through. But it is definitely a slow process and walking before we're running.
0: Yeah, the three big things that I see there are the genetics and then the the equipment and then the know-how. Uh, for taking the genetic to an actual crop and then taking the crop actually through the processing. And then on all of that, you begin with the the offtake, and then you work backwards. And that's what's very important. And the CBD industry taught us that. There was a lot of folks that you know just saw dollar signs, rushed in, grew, and didn't have a market for it. And then it way overproduced the market. And it's heartbreaking. There's a lot of people made a lot of money. A lot of people lost a lot of money. But if you've got um, you know, like a large textile company or, uh, an industry demand for what you're doing, um, then you can, uh, rest easy knowing that you've got that support. And so those, those are some of the things that we're trying to connect the the dots with, with you guys and what you're doing to where those, those large industry, um, operators that want things, uh, that, you know, the, the, the small fledgling, uh, producer and processor wants to produce and it's kind of like hey um i need a million bucks to see if this works and then uh they'll be like okay here uh and then uh, you can connect those dots for the research and development but uh because it's worth you know so many billions uh if, if it does and so uh those are those are some of the big things that are fun to cultivate and fun to bring to fruition as well and so i uh kudos to you for all the, uh, the connections that you make on that. I think that's very valuable to the industry to grow.
1: Well, I would definitely like to. And I have to give shout out to some comments. I've been reading the comments that are coming in. And I love, just so everybody knows, watching you guys connect. It fuels my fire knowing that something like Clubhouse or something that GHA has put together or Ray's group has put together on Clubhouse brings um, good connections and business revenue-minded connections and so i love seeing this if you guys need help connecting with additional people or being looped into the network ray's got a great team of people or a great group that can support as well as gha so please feel free to reach out we can help help push things along so thank you very much and thank you for all of your comments ray do you have anything you want to add real quick before we we sign off
0: no just thanks for having me and i sure appreciate the uh, the time and again it's about telling the story uh specific to the audience you know if you're talking to consumers it's different than if you're talking to engineers and if you're different talking to industrial manufacturers uh if we tailor that story with the audience in mind um, everybody's going to want to know more and everybody's going to be in support of it and then they'll just plug in and the industry will move forward so uh, let's all be good storytellers and uh, and make some money along the way.
1: Love it. Daniel, I totally agree. And shout out to Kurt also over in in Europe with hemp today. So thank you for mentioning him. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much, you guys. Thank you, Ray, for joining me. I really appreciate you. I'm excited to see you at NOCO. For anybody that isn't going to NOCO, you need to go. We've got some awesome things that we're brewing. And so I'm excited about that. And um, we'll sign off. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time for another great interview. We've got Josh Hendricks coming on. So we'll see you then. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, baby.